It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Live from Armory Studios in Central Florida. Put you weapons hot. A New York Jets fan broadcast on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Draw all gas, no break. And now, give it up for your hosts, CJ, Kevin, Jimmy, and Harrison. Take it away, boys. What's going on, Jets Nation? <laughs> Welcome to the jungle, baby. We're back. Weapons hot. On WWSRN, on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, I'm your host, CJ the Painkiller D. Simone, and I'm joined, as always, by my fir- by my all-star squadron. This is the crew right here. Alright, so let's kick it off. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the man, the myth, the legend, back from COVID protocol, concussion protocol, and vacation protocol. Put your hands together for Mr. Kevin Jackson! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, not to be outdone! In his, coming, from, coming to you live from his top secret bunker in Idaho! You know him! You love him! Gamers of the world, unite for Jimmy the Reaper! Makes me wish I had like a long ass wig so I can bop my head. <laughs> <laughs> so, gentlemen, it is been Jeff wouldn't be sin- a weapons hot episode without some no. audio difficulties. Of course, come on now, this is like our signature thing now. So, but you know what, guys? It's been a hot minute since yeah. the three of us have actually been all together. So we'll go around the room. Kevin, we'll start with you. What's going on with you, brother? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, my man, Mr. Jardine. You know, I love you. Much You're respect, the whole thing. It's been a minute. It's very good to see you. Um, you know what? I'm excited. It's, it's, it's good to be back. Um, I was just the sickest that I've ever been in my entire life um, just this last week. And, uh, you know, y'all know I'm a man of faith in particular. But uh, I prayed for uh, I prayed for, for healing in that moment because um, I'm, I'm, I'm dead up. I had a... I had, I guess, what was what was the, the the weird combination of having had gotten my COVID booster and then got COVID and the flu at the same time. So yeah, I was pretty sick. Uh, yeah, it's good to be back. Let's talk football because uh, that's gonna kill me. Let's not talk about that anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you ain't kidding about that. So Jimmy, talk to me. What's going on, brother? How are you? Happy New Year to you. Tell me what's going on in uh, in, in the in, in, in the land of the barren. Uh, it's been been pretty good. Been pretty good. Had a good Christmas. Had a good New Year's. Uh, me and the ladies just kind of hung out and spent some time together and enjoyed ourselves. And uh, mm. and then we got we got a bunch of snow. We got a bunch of snow about two or three days ago, and I tore my calf muscle slipping on the snow. What? what? Yep. Dang, kid. 
Jim's on the IR. Yeah. <laughs> Job for the season. Oh. I, was, uh, I was helping one of my mom's friends take some groceries at her apartment, and yeah. I put this big case of water over my shoulder, walked towards the apartment, and I slipped. And you know when you slip, but you catch yourself? Yeah. And yeah. I just I heard a pop. And I was like, well, that's not good because that instantly hurts. <laughs> Man. Yeah, my physical therapist said that the, the muscle looks like it disconnected from the bone. And that's what small. it's a small tear. She's like, it sounds awful and it yeah, sounds but... horrendous. But she's like, it's actually fairly common. She's like, just get keep it stretched. Keep massaging it if you can. And you're good to go. Yeah. So that was Please. my. All right. So. We got a lot of ground to cover, my friend. Uh, it, it's been it's been a long time. Uh, we, we we definitely have to. Uh, we we got a lot to talk about. Obviously, we're going to talk about Jets Bucks, but we're also going to dip dip our toe into the water of Jets Jacksonville that was last week. As you guys know, for the past couple weeks, uh, we took two weeks off for the holiday to enjoy Christmas and New Year's with our families and stuff. Now we're back at it. Uh, uh, 2022. So we got a lot of stuff, a lot of content that we're going to be bringing you. We're back on Friday nights every 7 p.m. So pretty much unless there's some sort of a dire emergency, we are going to be broadcast the Worldwide Sports Radio Network show. I invite you guys to turn over to tune over to YouTube.com as Weapon Top will be hosting after dark. We do have a special guest who's going to join us tonight. I'm not going to reveal his name. I'll wait till he pops on because it was kind of a question mark type deal whether or not he was actually going to come on or not, so whether his availability is going to be able to come on tonight. So again, just a little teaser for earlier in the show. But let's talk about it. It's been a hot-button topic right now. Jet, uh, uh, Jets, Jets losing a very, very close one, 28-24. Tom Brady with a, another miracle, less than two-minute drive, something he's done, for the, done to the Jets for years. Okay, but it all culminated from the drive prior, where the Jets had fourth and about a yard and a half at, with, with goal to go. So, Kevin, it's been a while. I want to talk to you. We'll start off with you, then we'll swing around to Jimmy. Give me your thoughts on the game. Give me your thoughts on the play call. And most of all, give me your thoughts on Zach Wilson. Is the arrow finally pointing up? Or are we still at the status quo that we were at the beginning of the season? Realistically, fantastic game. I think that we actually saw positive uh, directional movement um, in every phase of the game in particular. And I mean, I do mean every phase. You guys know how much I love talking about special teams. Um, Look, Zach Wilson is doing what it is that we kind of wanted him to do earlier. Um, I, I think that... The reality is anyone that says that they watch the game and 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 can't recognize in what it is that they see a a, a much improved and much more confident and much more comfortable a kid who's looked like who is, is looking like he's figuring it out and that's to me I mean that was the point right we've been talking about that all season um CJ famously says yeah wins and losses don't matter wins and losses don't matter and I, and I got to a point where I actually started to believe that because the reality is I just wanted to see good football I think we all but we want to see what all the pieces look like when when they're all together. And at this point in time, we're looking like, uh, you know, Ruger's Cube where the kid pulled all the stickers off and there's the stickers all over the table. They're not on the cube. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, we keep spinning. We keep spinning. We might get one or two in a row, right? But still, we can't get it all in because not everybody's there. And uh, 
Um, I, I think as, as far as the game is concerned, I think that was obvious. Uh, if I'm just going to discuss Zach in particular, I think Zach did yesterday enough to be able to win a Super Bowl with this franchise if Joe Douglas is competent with what it is that he is tasked to do over the course of these next few years. And I'm not saying, you know, ooh, look at Super Bowl in 2014, or, excuse me, 2024, 2025. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that as these really storied franchises evolved, it took time. And I think that uh, Zach yesterday showed enough. If I'm looking at that game, I'll just say that he showed more than what it is that I saw from Trent Dilfer and, and that, that season that, uh, that uh, you know, the, uh, the Ravens won the Super Bowl. I'll just give you that. I, I think it was a better performance than that. And, and, I mean, that's not really saying a lot when we're talking about Trent Dilfer in particular. But what I'm talking about is the poise, the, the, the being able to read the, 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 what, what's in front of them and, and, and take what's available. And I think – you know, Mike LaFleur dialed up a really good game. I, I think it was a, it, it was an extremely uh, descriptive game for what it is that we want and need to have happen in order for this offense to be successful. I saw all of it. And, uh, you know, once everything comes into play with all the receivers and running backs and offensive line, when everybody gets in line, I think, I think, uh, I think we're going to score a lot of points. All right, Jimmy, shoot, talk to me. What are your thoughts? Again, same question that I asked Kevin. What are your thoughts on the game? What were your thoughts on the on the play call, a fourth and a, uh, fourth and a half a yard, Salah being aggressive, uh, trying to go for, uh, trying to get the first down yes, or, the, right. or the touchdown in case, uh, um, uh, what you call it, in, instead of just uh, kicking the field goal, get, uh, field goal there, what are your thoughts on Zach Wilson? I thought that Kevin hit the nail on the head. Like, we saw every phase of the game play at a higher level than we have all year. And we and and we saw them both do it here on the same game <laughs> for mostly the whole game. You know, we've all we've had those games where the off, you know, and then the defense is just is a New York City subway turnstile. <laughs> and we saw the defense just lock everything down and the offense couldn't move the ball to save their life. They put it together on both sides of the ball the whole game. And I absolutely love that. We held Jack or we held uh Tampa Bay to 81 rushing yards. Think about it. I mean, those running backs are no slouches. Fournette wasn't really there, but I mean, they got some good backs on that on that roster. The the, the back they had running was on the ran four hundred some yards anyways. I can't I forget his name. But yeah. uh Vaughn, I think. Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah, Keyshawn yeah, Vaughn. Um, but, like, Wilson managed the game. Like, he, he looked like a professional quarterback. The team looked like a real football team. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Zach Wilson managed the game. He spread the ball around. He was accurate. He ran the ball. He moved the ball well. Um, I just, I didn't see anything noteworthy, I guess, to, to point out as far as a negative. I mean, we were missing most of our D line, Mm -hmm. so we didn't get, we didn't get the pressure that we wanted, but, but think about that even like we couldn't pressure Tom Brady and we still 
we still held that offense to that low of rushing yards to where, and we, the fact of the matter is, is Tom Brady had to pull a game winning drive out of it. He had to throw for 400 plus yards and three touchdowns to be had to in, in the last minute. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he had to do. And treated with an Antonio Brown fiasco. So, I mean, that's always the case. <laughs> I think it was a great game. I think the coaching staff on both sides of the ball did really well. I think Ulbricht really made a statement for his job. Not that I'm advocating for I, – I, please, God, don't get rid of any of the coaches. Just let us have the same staff for a few years in a row. That would be nice. But uh, Ulbricht made a statement. LaFleur had a lot of cool play calls. I like the – even though it didn't work, I like the fake field goal. Take the swing, man. Go go for broke. What do you what do you have to lose? We were eliminated what three, four weeks ago? Yeah. So I mean, what do you have to lose? Let's just pull out all the stops. This is a Super Bowl champs, and we held them and we're beating them. Which leads me into the to the fourth and two. I mean, questionable play call. Salah's taking the heat for it as he should. Uh I I would say there's some people that say that it was Wilson that made the call. Some people think it was Salah that made the call. I think it was likely LaFleur that made the call. But something like, we talk about it because we didn't expect it. Yeah. No. So, I mean, in a sense, it makes sense. Like, nobody would expect a fourth and two quarterback sneak. And what would a field goal have done? They, but the Bucks didn't do anyway. My, my stream froze up. Yeah. So, they went for two anyway. So, a field goal would have only put us ahead by seven. So, I mean... You can't say just put the points on the board when it when it didn't matter, because that would have given Brady more time, which it turns out he didn't need. Right. So I I just think I don't think you can boil down the game. I don't think you can boil down the game to this one play call and call the game good or bad. I think it was it was a bad play call. I think a, a jet sweep to Barrios is a guaranteed touchdown in that situation. But Tampa Bay could have also been looking for that because it's so effective. So. I, I don't know. It's I'm not the head coach. It's it's sort of similar to last year, the cover zero call. I think Greg Williams made the right call on that play. Couldn't execute. They burned our cover three, yeah. the play before, yeah. on that one. So, you know, I don't I, know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it real because um, I I I realize obviously I failed to to touch upon that when I had my time, and I, obviously I don't want to yeah. take up too much time right now. But the narrative behind that I think is is a bigger deal than than the actual play call itself, right? The fact that we were going for it on fourth and two, I love that I mean, call. It shows balls, and and and, and it shows that uh, you know we have a we have uh, an emerging attitude on offense that mm-hmm. uh, you know I think is gonna. When I say we're gonna score a lot of points, I say that for a reason. Yep, I love the decision to go for it on fourth. I don't love the play. I'm about to throw my two cents in here. Carl Falk was actually in the comments saying wins and losses don't matter what with the question with the uh, with the question mark and especially in a rebuilding year, Carl. And thank you again for joining in, for, for, for tuning in. Um, you know, in 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 a rebuild year, wins and losses really don't matter. It's more so the the development of your players. And you know what? This was probably the ball game that the New York Jets played this season so far up to this point. And that also includes Zach Wilson. And we've seen a little bit of improvement over the last few games. They get smacked in the face by the Saints. They show up for 30 minutes against the Dolphins. They, they, they kind of get into like a slap fight with the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? 
two teams that are struggling, two rookie quarterbacks that are still trying to find their way, and Zach Wilson ends up getting the best of that contest. All right, now you go into a toe-to-toe battle with the with the defending world champs, all right, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then people want to pour cold water on the on the take and saying that all oh, had a bad game. All right, so what was their excuse against the New Orleans Saints then, where they got blanked? Tom Brady's not a 32nd ranked offense in the NFL. I think the Bucks' offense is ranked like what, like 8th, 10th, or something like that. Jimmy, you would probably know better than me. You're our stats guy. One of the things that I immediately want, <laughs> that, uh, that I immediately want to dispel is the fact that the Bucks had an off game and they let the Jets hang with them for the majority of the game, which is some of the takes that I've seen on both Twitter and Facebook from just random comments, from random posts, and just random tweets that are out there. And I think that that's just asinine, all right? Because the New York Jets led this game for about 90% of the way. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had the lead for all of five seconds, okay? They had the lead for all of 15 seconds, okay? Because there was basically 15 seconds left to go in the game before the Jets got the ball back. Important 15 seconds. Right. So, you know, again, you know, that... That, to me, just kind of makes me laugh because, again, you're not really paying attention to what this season is about. And again, we could go back to the comments made on SNY about the game. We could go back to the comments made by certain fans of the the game that were, some some were mad. And I'm stuttering a lot because I really want to curse and I can't. So I'm going to save my my actual thoughts for what I really think about it for the After Dark show. But some of the comments I felt were asinine. And some of the comments I felt were very appropriate. Where the Jets fought hard. This is a game that that the Jets can be proud of. There there are no moral victories in football. But this this one's got to be an exception to the rule. Salah was a class act in the the post-game press conference where he took the hit. He explained what was going on on the fourth and yard and a half call, where apparently there was supposed to be a jet sweep to Berrios, but Zach Wilson has the option that if he sees something, he can call his own number. So apparently he saw something. That's why he called his own number. He saw the A-gap open up, in which the defense kind of baited him into opening up the A-gap to suck him in, so that way they can trap him, and that was the reason why he didn't make the first down. So... The play call was designed to get the first down. The problem is is that the wrong player ran the play call. I don't have an issue with it. I like the fact that Salah was uh, that Salah was aggressive. I like the fact that they didn't settle for the field goal to go up by 7 because if then if on the ensuing drive, guess what? Tom Brady scores a touchdown and they still go for 2 1. So now you're asking the, you're asking the New York Jets to come in in a point, to a point in time, and say, hey, we want you to drive the field in 15 seconds to try and get to field goal range. What, is Eddie Pinero supposed to hit a 72-yard field goal? Is that what's going on here? Is that what we're asking this guy to do? Soundly, I kind of get where the angst was, but I didn't understand the criticism and the, the fire that came afterwards because, to me, I can understand people being pissed off. All right, but 
If you take a look over the three games that I just mentioned, I could understand the angst toward the middle of the season when we were getting our doors blown off by, by double digits. But over the three games that I just mentioned, Miami, Jacksonville, and now Tampa, this team has steadily started to make, you, you're starting to see what Robert Sala is trying to build. You are starting to see what Mike LaFleur wants and expects out of this offense. Now, that being said, Jimmy, you're my witness a couple weeks ago, and I said I didn't think that this was a Jeff Ulbrich issue. I think that this is a talent issue. Where a lot of people were calling for for, for uh, Jeff Ulbrich to be fired, especially our buddy Guy Fisher, who's in the who's in the comments every single week, right? Guy Fisher's in the comments every single week going, Jeff Albert got to be fired. He got to go now. This defense sucks. This defense is giving up points at a, at a historic rate. And he's right. But now we're starting to see like the Tampa Bay game was the type of game that we expected to see at the beginning of the season and quite frankly all season. So I think that Joe Douglas and Robert Sala maybe overplayed their hand a little bit by throwing Zach Wilson in early, thinking that he was ready. But, in a way, maybe it was good to get, for the kid to get the baptism by fire because now we're seeing him play smarter. He's able to hit those bubble screens and two-yard off passes like he's doing it in his sleep so far. Knock on wood. All right? I'm still not 100% sold on the kid, and I'll probably call decision until after we finish the Bills game. And by the way, our special guest is with us. I got him backstage. I'm going to bring him on in just a moment as we preview um, Jets Bills. But I want to just I want to finish off my 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 diatribe with this. If you looked at the New York Jets game versus Tampa Bay. And you strictly looked at the stat line, you strictly looked at the score, and you and you are making the assumption based off of that that the Jets just had another game that they sucked, then you're missing the whole picture. Then maybe you need to go back and watch the game again and see the little things and listen to the little things that went on during the course of the game and how all the Jets needed in that game was a little bit of killer instinct. And I think that was the reason why Salah was aggressive. He wanted to show that he had confidence in his guys that they could go out and get that win. It had nothing to do with Zach Wilson and his It had nothing to do with anybody playing hero ball. They were all trying to win the game. What if they would have did the jet sweep and Berrios get stopped for a two-yard loss? Are we having the same are we having the same conversation right now? I just want to know. Because if you're going to piss and bitch about one thing, then piss and bitch about everything. Don't just pick and choose what you want to piss and bitch about. I mean, am I right or am I wrong, guys? Talk to me. I absolutely agree. Tampa Bay is number one in passing offense, number one in passing touchdowns, number one in passing yardage, number one in rush in uh, receptions, <laughs> number one in just about every passing category. Uh, running game yardage wise is not, is not so great, but they, they are pretty much a solid rushing team inside the red zone, which is another big part of it. Um, but they're, they're number one for a reason in those categories is because they can, 
and they don't necessarily need the running game at this particular moment. That offensive line is protecting Brady, and he's doing what he does. So I, I just I, I think that we got I think we pressured Brady enough with some backup D linemen. I think our defense, our linebackers did a great job more than the stat line. What was the number one thing? The Jets were giving away like I think one of the stats against New Orleans was the Jets were giving away like 130 yards before contact yep. that game. Something like that. And we held Keyshawn Vaughn and that running game to 81 total yards of rushing. You can't complain about that. I don't understand the hate. I don't understand the complaining. It's like every single Jets fan. I think, Kev, you and me were like the only ones talking about wins and losses preseason. I don't care about wins and losses. I just want to see progression. I want to see improvement. We start yeah. seeing the improvement. They're like, everybody's like, they're still losing games. What do you want? I don't understand it, man. CJ, you got you hit the nail on the head. I want to bring on our special guest here. We're kind of going to shift gears a little bit earlier than thought of. All right, so Jimmy, really quick before uh, before I bring on my special guest, um, I see a topic here that that want to, that wants to be talked about. Um, so let, let's go ahead and get that on. All right, what did what did you think of Brandon Eccles? Uh, mm-hmm. getting Tom Brady's autograph after the game, after picking him off at halftime. Dude, I think that's a baller move by Eccles. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. How are you going to be the rookie corner? You're going to go up to the – I didn't even want to say the word. You guys know the word I'm talking about. Tim. It's Tim. The Tim, the Tim Brody G word. <laughs> Tim. Anyway, the Tim Brody. You walk up to that – you walk up to that man – with the ball that you intercepted and you get him to autograph it, Tom, he, he even went on a, he even went on an interview and said that he probably will never do that again. Like good for you, Brandon. Good for you. That's a baller move. Brandon, Brandon caught him off guard, but it, it was the boldness of the move that did kind of catch him off guard. You're right. That's gangster. Like, yo, sign this ball for me. Right. This is the, this the same one. Yeah. <laughs> This is, this is a one of one. I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity, and I'm going to get something. Wow. And I'm going to put them on the wall, and I'm going to tell my grand. I'm going to tell my grandkids and my great grandkids that that ball right there, yeah, I picked off Tim in Tim his last Brody. game. Nice. <laughs> and the, and, and the media like to spin that as Jets fans weren't happy about it. I don't know if you guys saw this. I saw one guy, one pundit or one analyst say it was a bad thing but that dude was getting ratioed on twitter (laughs) and i searched and searched and i i couldn't find facebook twitter i could not find a jets fan that thought it was messed up that thought it was bad it was the one guy that's why he got roasted it was the one guy and he got straight bodied on twitter Mm -hmm. i'm talking hundreds of comments I think I threw a match at him myself. My guy needs to delete the tweet. <laughs> yeah, delete right. the tweet. Still. Hashtag that. Hashtag right. delete the tweet. <laughs> He's still doing numbers with it. People going back still talking about that. <laughs> you dummy, right? <laughs> it's, just like that, today. it's just like that Schlereth thing. It's just making him relevant. Oh, at this yeah. point, so. yeah. Right. So, <laughs> all right, guys. So, what? <laughs> we need to bring that up. Let's definitely save that for the after dark vehicle. I want to switch gears a little bit early. Um, I want to get on our special guest here. 
uh, as we start to preview uh, New York Jets versus the Buffalo Bills. I know I did say we were going to talk a, a little bit about the Jacksonville game. Um, I will touch on that a little bit later on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce Mr. Ryan Thomas, Thomas Take Sports Podcast, who's going to help us with this Jets Bills preview to finish off the season. Ryan, how are you? I am fantastic, CJ. It's a pleasure, as always, being back on the show. Pleasure joining you guys as well on the show tonight. Uh, we got a big game this Sunday. In case you're living under a rock, Jets fans, I know Bills fans, uh, we're excited for this one to end the season at home. Uh, is always nice. And, and to play the New York Jets, who, you know, as CJ knows, I'm a straight shooter. I like to pay the opposition some compliments. Robert Sala, hey, he's got the, the young kids ready. We'll talk about that. I'm sure of it. But I've been impressed despite the win-loss record of the New York Jets in some of these games, they've played very tough and have have shown a very respectable effort. So shout out to your Jets, guys. I want to compliment you guys before I obviously gloat over the success of the Buffalo Bills this season. (laughs) That's what I was waiting for. No, I'm just playing. Ryan, welcome back once again. We appreciate having you, and as always, Buffalo again is, we talked about it on this show, Buffalo again is the best team in the AFC East right now. So, um, you know, props props have been earned, um, so you'll definitely get them here. But uh, we we always play Buffalo tough. I think it's going to be a good game. Um, It's going to be interesting to talk about. Um, I don't know if CJ has something specific, like – I know, I know we were talking earlier about from the previous game. Yep, right. What I want to do is, Ryan, obviously, this is a this is a, a, an important game for you guys. Now, some may feel like the Bills really don't need this game. You guys are guaranteed a playoff spot regardless. But if you beat the Jets and the Patriots somehow lose their football game, you guys will end up with the AFC East division crown and a home playoff game. Now... If the, if the reverse that were to happen, if the Jets were to beat the Bills, okay, and New England were to go ahead and to win their football game, then New England would get the AFC's crown and a home playoff game for the first round. The only thing that's still not clear to me is, what happens if both of you lose this game? If the Jets end up beating the Bills, New England ends up losing their game. Who gets the AFC East? Does it go by strength of schedule? Does it go who by division win the AFC record? East is the Buffalo Bills. That, that's who would win the AFC East, right? I mean, Buffalo would have. But is it based I, I on? It would go by divisional record, and and Buffalo uh, would have two division losses. I think the Patriots. If if the Patriots lose, wouldn't they have three? Depending on who, who do the Patriots play? I don't even know off the top of my head. I probably should know that, but I've been so. Deep, diving deep, so much diving deep into this game that I haven't even kept track of who New England's playing yet. So, in any event, one of the things that I want to, that that I want to go through while while we're getting that information, they're playing Miami. Buffalo would win if both playing teams Miami. Lost. Okay, that's who I thought. Okay, that's who I thought they're playing. Which hey, Miami beat them once before, so who's to say it can't happen again? Right, exactly. So the, the tiebreaker on win loss both be ten and seven, but uh, Buffalo is four and one in the division. Whereas the Patriots are three and two. Okay, not so, bad. Right, so New England will be three and three. Buffalo would be four and two, and and the right. Bills would win the division. Yeah, correct. Yep. Awesome. <clears throat> okay. For you. So, so now that we got that, <laughs> all right, we got that out of the way. This is what some people would have would have a tendency to say. Scott Cleesby, if you're listening to the game, if if you're listening to the podcast, I know you're trying. I'm trying to. Or, or navigate some traffic here. Check your email. That's all I'm going to tell you. Check your email. Anyhow, 
getting back to that, what do you expect from the Buffalo Bills versus the New York Jets? Do you expect a full throttle performance? Or do you think that Sean McDermott may end up not wanting to see any of his guys get hurt? So you may see Cole Beasley get pulled. You may see um, uh, Stephon Diggs get pulled. Maybe even Josh Allen gets pulled in this game at halftime or whatever if the Bills do have a sizable lead. Or do you see the, the Buffalo Bills doing exactly what they did last year with the Miami Dolphins, where they want to go in as hot and as full throttle as possible, so it's going to be all hands on deck for this for, for this game? I do think they will try to go into this one uh, first half very aggressively, and if things go according to plan for the Bills, you know they, they would then put their, their backups in, uh, as they did, as you mentioned, against Miami last year, that the benefit of doing that again outside of the fact that you've essentially clinched yourself a, a division title and a, and a home game and everything like that but the benefit of that is I, I would feel much more comfortable with some of the depth pieces that the Bills have added in a Mitch Trubisky who if you look at some of the backup quarterbacks in this league he's had a lot of starts in his career he's a young quarterback and he's somebody that I would feel comfortable finishing out a game like this um, if the Bills get off to that hot start. But I- I'm not so uh, that's going to – I think Robert Sala, as he's proven all season long, uh, essentially that he will coach the Jets up to, to play up to beyond their standards of expectations and beyond on-paper potential. Um, they're a team that is definitely respected and, and played hard for their coach. doesn't really show a lot of success in the wins-losses column, but you do beat Cincinnati – and they almost went uh, to they went up against Tampa Bay and forced Antonio Brown to be so frustrated that he waved bye bye to the crowd. So feather in their cap uh, <laughs> that they were able to do that. And I, I'm not going to look at the Jets and say that they're just the, uh, the 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 last place team in the division. They have just as many reasons to play up to or beyond their standards in this one as Buffalo does to end the season on a solid note and to say, hey, we went to Buffalo, we went to Orchard Park, and we, we kicked the Bills in the mouth. Do I think that's going to happen? I certainly hope not. But, hey, <laughs> the Bills did lose. They yeah. did lose to Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Don't don't think I forgot about that. Doig. Yeah, this is true. Uh, Ryan, phenomenal points. We, we always play Buffalo tough. I wanted to ask um, if if we have the inclement weather, you think that that you think that evens the playing field a little bit, or do you think that kind of uh, you know kind of tilts the scale in, in in one direction or the other? I think uh, all joking aside, despite the inclement weather that might be in Orchard Park, uh, you still got the seventy thousand strong cheering on the Buffalo Bills. I mean, you might have some green jackets in the crowd, but for the most part, it's going to be blue, red, white, and blue in the crowd. And no matter what weather the Jets accustomed to no matter what weather the Bills might be accustomed to it's all about the fans and the stands I'd say the same thing about the Jets in East Rutherford New Jersey and I'd say the same thing about the Buffalo Bills uh, in Orchard Park it's going to be an interesting game I know that uh, this is a much different team than what we faced the first time around Zach Wilson that adds a different dynamic to this game than what we saw the first time around Zach Wilson was a little bit banged up the first time they played Buffalo so um, this is going to be a, every game's a different game. So I'm not going to go in there thinking that Buffalo's just going to blow out the Jets. I think it, it could be a competitive game. The Jets have always played Buffalo really strong in Orchard Park. This is true. One of the first fun fact for you guys that I had to tell on the show, one of the first Bills games that I ever went to was the New York Jets 
Buffalo Bills game, and I sat in a in one of the few rows that had Jets fans as well. And uh, at that time, there was like a mutual understanding that the Patriots were the king, and we were just the the, the run to the litter going through another rebuild. But now, you know, Buffalo's obviously had a lot of success. And I think the Jets are trying, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Jets are trying to implement a very disciplined style of football in this rebuild with Robert Sala. And one of the teams that they could look at as far as where we were four or five years ago uh, is the Buffalo Bills and say, hey, they were right where we were four or five years ago. And four or five years from now, hopefully we can be where they are as four playoff appearances in five years. We didn't make the playoffs for 17 years. A lot of teams I'm sure in the league are looking at as far as how did they get that done and how can we kind of duplicate it, replicate it, copy it, word it. Um, and I think the Jets are, are going to try to make that happen. I am hoping we actually take a page out of Cincinnati's book. Kevin, what are your thoughts, brother? We do always play uh, Buffalo hard in Orchard Park. I think the scare that Tampa Bay got last week, got, got last weekend, I don't think that that is enough of a fluke to say that we're not going to go into Orchard Park and, and and be able to play, you know, solid enough football to at least be in the conversation when it comes to the end of the game. It is a little bit of a different situation. Buffalo isn't experiencing the type of injury issues I think that the, that Tampa Bay was, at least in that game, and how it affected what we were doing. Um, but you know, I, um, realistically, um, we'll go in, we'll 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 play, you know, decent ball. And we'll probably lose by less than ten, and and I I I, th- I think that's optimistic, but it's also just because we are going to get a couple of guys back, um, that are coming off the COVID list, and because again, I think that going into this game, um, we do have a little bit of momentum, even even in losses, we're starting to see things that we haven't seen before, and uh and and Ryan makes a great point, you know, if we're looking at, um, you know what what Buffalo did with uh you know, after they, they drafted Josh Allen and how it is that that's worked out. I mean, that is something that we can look at. I'm not going to say we try to follow it exactly, but I think it, there is something to, to to be said for how it is that they went about it. I think that the struggles that we are overcoming right now are maybe a little more ingrained than what it is that that, that Buffalo was going through, uh, you know, when, when, when uh, they had to come through that period. But um, look, uh, I, I like what it is that I see, and I think that depending upon – um, you know, the mindset that we come into this game with, right? It is about which team shows up, depending upon with the mindset that we come to this game with. It could be, you know, the, the, the Jets that showed up against Tennessee. It could be the Jets that showed up against the Bengals. It could be the Jets that showed up, you know, uh, uh, you know, against Tampa Bay. And, and, and maybe, you know, instead of, you know, 58 minutes, we, we get 60 minutes of, of, of winning football. We'll see. But it should be a good game. I'm excited about how it's going to play out. I kind of do want to see it cold. Just because I kind of want to see how everybody responds. We're still self-scouting a little bit. Um, I, I, I kind of hope we do get to snow. I think that'll be fun. So I have to throw out there the, the Western New York weather report for Sunday. Uh, it's expected to be in the 30s, which 30s in January in Western New York is like 60. So I, I'm pretty happy yeah. about that. Um, but I do expect high winds. And in that stadium, more than just about any other stadium in the NFL, we saw it. When the Bills played against the Patriots, uh, the winds were so high that flags around the stadium were flying upward, not side to side. They were just straight up in the air. Yep. Um, flag. The flags on the uh, goalposts were falling off 
So um, I, we could see something maybe not quite that extreme, especially because that game was a primetime game on Monday night against the Patriots, this one being during the day. Um, but rest assured, the weather is always a factor in Orchard Park when you have the field level, the field level of that stadium is actually 25 to 30 feet underground. So that wind just circulates, and it, it causes a, a lot of stress. Using defense, offense, you could look at it either way. <laughs> I just thought I heard it was. Um, gonna snow. I thought I heard it was going to snow or something like that. I don't, I don't know where I got that from. All right, so really quick, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it did. So, Chris Gutman in the comments. What's up, fellas? I heard some bad news. Berrios and Moore are out for Sunday. Is this true? Now. I've been listening to ESPN radio all day yes, today, and I actually did not hear anything to the fact of that. I heard that Berrios has been doubtful, and that more well, was going to be a game time decision, unless that changed. I'm considering that no. I'm right considering now. that no. Last game of the year, we know what more is. We know what Braxton Berrios is. I would love to beat Buffalo, obviously, at home, pride heading into the offseason, but at the same time, I want to get Braxton Berrios re-signed. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. I don't want to put any un- undue strain on Moore's recovery. To me, it's not that important to have him in. I was just going to say, I, th- I thought this might be a Denzel Mims. Uh, this might be a Denzel Mims day. Um, but 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 I only say that because I, I think it's the last game, and they try- I want them to force it. I want them to give him Maybe. every opportunity to get it together. <laughs> like, you know, you know, I don't even know give you a- we can give you just enough for you to him. Yeah, I don't even know who Denzel Mims is. Denzel Mims just reminds me of friggin' Stephen Hill. The only game show up for was against the Buffalo Bills. Other than that, he was non-existent. Who was that there? Say that again for me. <laughs> who, who, which receiver was that? Stephen Hill. Oh, okay. Yeah, Stephen Hill. I remember, I remember that name. When it comes down to Berrios, man, I, that's one of those Jets players that I really like. And he was somebody that, you know, I'm watching the Bills and Jets game. I think about it was either this season or last season. And I remember he was on the Patriots a little bit. And now he's, you know, he's on the Jets now. And I'm thinking that's one of those guys that, you know, those underrated Jet, or, uh, Patriots receivers that round from low to New England, obviously. So the Jets need guys like that that can kind of uh, burst onto the scene. I think that they're capable of, of having guys that don't really stand on tape or on paper. But when it comes down to game time, X's and O's wise, they're, they're mismatches. There are people that are physical and, and uh, can get that yards after catch. And for a quarterback like Zach Wilson, who is so raw, uh, to have those physical receivers around him, I, I feel like that's just going to help him uh, progress. Uh, whether it's slowly and steadily, he's, he's going to progress, I think. Um, so, you know, I, I hope that for the Jets fans' sake, that much to the caption there on, on the uh, top right, extend Barrios, I would assume that the Jets are going to try to extend Braxton Barrios uh, at some point this offseason. If they didn't, I think that would be a big mistake. I wouldn't I want him on Buffalo, I tell you that. I, I wouldn't mind having him on the Bills. <laughs> I, I will I, I'll say that uh Berrios provides I wanna say like a Scotty Miller type of a type of a feel. Only <laughs> slightly more productive. I can't I can't I love you, Braxton, but I can't say Wayne Corbett just yet. You're approaching it, but I just I can't say Wayne Corbett just yet. 
No, nah, he's but, he's uh, getting there. He's he's, he's definitely he's getting not there. He's quite he's, approaching. I'm just gonna keep it real. I mean, you guys know I like Braxton Berrios, but I don't love Braxton Berrios. And and you know, oh, like I know. said, it was a surprise that he even made the roster this season. To be perfectly honest ah. with you. But but We're but from what to. it is that I've seen, for look from what it is that I've seen, he's bald all year. I, you know, I, I'm yeah. not gonna I, I'm not gonna say that the, the kids. I, what I've seen is not. It's, it's it's not. I'm not saying is he hasn't shown, you know, that that he can kind of ball and that he can he can he has earned a place in this league. I'm not one of the <laughs> folks that's just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, we need to re-sign Braxton Berrios. I'm not. I'm oh, not wow. in that camp. Um, but 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 let's talk about. Hold on, let's, I, let's I, talk I, about our, our I, little. Let's talk about our keep and punt segment in the off season. What I want to know, I, I want to yeah, know. Being I, I, a guest look, on the show. I admit it. I said punt. Oh yeah, I, so did I, I. I didn't think he was going to make it. <laughs> so did I. Season, but again, it still doesn't change my mind about the fact that you know what I'm saying. It, it, look, it, he he he's got he's got this this extra thick Jeremy Curly vibe to me. You know, a, a, a guy that we loved here. He was he was a beast. For us, but you know, you go to another team and, he, and, he, and he's he's a scrub. And the only reason he was good for us is because we didn't have anybody else that that was better than him. And and look, I, he's a gadget guy. He's a five. He's a five wide receiver. He's a punt returner. He's a kick returner, and he's a damn good one. If we pay him more than five million dollars a year, I'd be surprised. Well, if it even gets to five million dollars a year, I'd be surprised. If if, if they pay him five, it. They, it he, he got he got the hometown check. That's what the, what that that's what that is. He, he got the, he got he got the bonus if he gets more than that. Look, I, I again, I, I like Braxton Berrios. I like what he means, you know, emotionally to the organization. Is he an exciting guy? Is a fun guy? Decent, you know what I'm saying? But at best, he's you know, I he's you know he's kind of yeah. But I mean, it, it's it's limited in that. It's limited in that. And and, and I'm gonna keep it real again. Um, Five million, five million is my is my threshold right there. I'm I'm, I'm done beyond that. If, if if that's if that's what if it, if if the conversation is that it goes beyond that, then I say pay the man. I say to your point that he could potentially get a hometown discount, being that the Jets are, are like the team that he first broke out with, you know. So that's good news yeah. for the Jets. Uh, as far as what my questions are, like as a guest on a show, I like to ask questions to the people of the show that i'm that i'm joining what do you guys think of the buffalo bills <laughs> in terms of what you've seen currently and and how do you how do you guys see the buffalo bills as far as this afc I, i'll say as a bills fan i feel like it's wide open i, I want mm-hmm. you guys take on that i like buffalo i don't think buffalo makes it past the depending upon what happens this weekend um if we go in as if they go in as the as the first seed they make it to the second game and then they're done <laughs> But look, they're a good team. I just, I don't know. It, it, it is wide open. I just, I, I see, I, see, I think they're teams right now. And I don't know if that's me just, you know, having having the 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 the, the, the ingrained hate that I have for Buffalo. Um, but I don't know. I, I I'm like one and done when 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 I see when I see them now. I'm I'm thinking they're one and done. You think so, you think the you think the Bills are one and done? Let's say if they play against anybody or. Or just Indy or like New England. I think they would benefit from playing New England again if if if, it, if that really is just what it is. I don't think New England. I, I I don't think New England is better than Buffalo. No, I don't. I don't. I don't believe that. I believe Buffalo is a okay. better team than New England. Yes, but um, getting outside of that, I, I'm not sure. Just just the way everything's shaking out this season, 
there's been a hell of a lot of bad football being played everywhere, right? Like every weekend, guys, there's bad football. And I mean, it's not just the Jets. I mean, and just just to keep it yep. in context, it's not just the Jets. There's bad football being played quite a bit. And um, it, yo, it even 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 the really good teams are laying stinkers. Just I'm not seeing enough continuity in a lot of these teams to say that I feel like they're just gonna run through anybody in the playoffs. I'm hard pressed to say that there is one team. Even though Buffalo is, you know, I, I'd say Buffalo is, is kind of a mid is a kind of a mid team for me. Those are the teams that you know can get hot and 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 make a run. I just I think maybe one or two games. I think at the most this season. Jim, I'm a little more favorable. I'm a little more favorable than that. Um, first and foremost, I got to give a huge shout out to Bills Mafia. You guys are able to come together as a community and do so much good work for your guys's community and across the country. And That's I true. see fundraising going on consistently. I, I see everybody helping everybody. So Bill's Mafia, I got to give you credit for that. Some of those guys in Bill's Mafia are the most unreasonable people that I have ever spoken to in my <laughs> entire life. I don't demand respect for, for the for the New York Jets. I don't think any anybody should demand respect for their team, especially to division rivals. Um, but that seems to be a lot of our I, – I, I actually moderate a, an AFC East Facebook group. And it's a nightmare. 16,000 AFC yeah. East fans just going at it. It's, it's a nightmare. But uh, <laughs> uh, so overall, though, big shout out to Bill's Mafia. You guys are, you guys are pretty cool. I, I, do, I do like what you do. Um, as far as like where I see Buffalo this year, I think you guys can make a Super Bowl push. It might end up a, an AFC championship game again. I think Buffalo's got to figure out that running game. Singletary is just not the guy. Um, right. But if if something happens and, and, I, and if some of the chips fall Buffalo's way, I can see you guys getting to the Super Bowl. But if Green Bay ends up as the opponent, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to ball out. As far as the Buffalo Bills overall, um, I, I, I look at it objectively. I think you guys are a really good team. I think you have been a really good team for the last couple of years. Uh, I don't find anything historic about the franchise as far as like the performance this season. Um, I think you're just a really solid football team and forgive the way I'm saying this because again, most of this is like in response to a lot of the bills fans that I talked to in our AFC group. But um, I think that here's the biggest one that I, that I get just railed against from Buffalo fans is I think Josh Allen has hit his ceiling. And that's not to say it's a bad thing at an elite level. But I don't think that he's going to be a perennial Super Bowl-type quarterback. I think he's going to win you guys a couple. That's for sure. But I think this about what we see from him this year and last year, I think that's that's about his ceiling. He's a, he's a 12 to 15 quarterback with, with really high-end – physical ability and physical traits course of an entire season. I'm not sure how that, you know, again, 12 to 15 doesn't always, uh, doesn't always cut it. We'll see. I'd put, um, I'd put him five to eight. Ah, oh yeah. You know what? Okay. <laughs> right, right maybe, now, maybe, maybe, right maybe, now, maybe, as maybe. it stands based on a season that I've watched, knowing my Buffalo bills and call it like it is CJ knows. I call it like it is with my team. I'm not mm-hmm. just as biased 
you know, fan, if the, if the Buffalo Bills didn't have Josh Allen on this team, they wouldn't. I I think that that there's a clear case that Josh Allen, if even the Bills somehow slip on a banana peel and, and don't win the division and go one and done based on the season that he's had this year, he is a MVP candidate. Once again, he was an MVP candidate last year. He's runner up mm-hmm. for the MVP. So it's tough. I think uh, to the to the uh, extend Barrios Presidente, I would say that <laughs> I would say that the Buffalo that uh, as far as the Bills go, like I do agree with somewhat of both of what you said. That mm-hmm. you know the Bills are a good team. They have the potential to be great. But they haven't consistently shown that, despite the record, despite where they're at as far as one went away from their division, this division race was far too close for comfort. This should have been Buffalo's division through and through throughout the entirety of the season. And for whatever reason, it wasn't. But that for whatever reason is inconsistent, no run game, and bad, bad play calling. I think for an offense as talented as Buffalo's. And I even saw that a little bit in the Jets game, uh, in the first Jets game where, you know, there were moments where we could have put you guys away a lot sooner and great teams find a way to do that. Great teams always know when to put the gas on, put the pedal to the floor and the teams that are that hesitant and kind of let teams bounce back in it are the teams that aren't really as for real as they think they are. And, uh, that's that's my sense on it. I, I I really liked the point you hammered home about um, Green Bay uh, in the Super Bowl because I actually before the season started I had a dream that the Bills lost the Super Bowl to the Green Bay Packers and I woke up and I thought, please God, don't let that <laughs> don't let that happen. <laughs> so I I didn't live. I was very little when they went to their their you know the last two Super Bowls out of the four back in the nineties. So I didn't really get to experience the pain that that brought into like my dad's life, <laughs> my grandfather's life. I don't want to experience that. If I don't want to, I can't, well, I can't do it. Any, so anytime, yeah, anytime, Packers fans start, <laughs> anytime Packers fans start getting a little too big for their britches. I always just ask them one question. How does it feel to have 30 years of hall of fame quarterbacks and two Super Bowls to show for it? That's a great point. It's a great point. But hey, I'd take those two Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yep. Yeah. We haven't won a Super Bowl since Neil Armstrong landed on the moon, man. Okay. So let's. Yeah, it's been. Hey, it's, it's been a minute. You don't see a Super Bowl trophy in any of these pictures behind me, unfortunately. It is what it is. <laughs> and some of my favorite teams, too. Like, I've never been a fan of another team, but those Jim Kelly and Therm, those, some of my favorite teams. Therm Thomas back in the day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah you, said that, you said that last time I was on the show, Spotty, that those were some of your favorite teams. <laughs> why is that? Why Why were some of why were they some of your favorite teams? I'd like to hear that. This is ego talking right now, but I like to think that I, you know, I'm a football purist. I love football. And those were football teams. You know what I'm saying? Like, respect what that means, right, when you say that. They had toughness. They had smarts. Marv Levy was, you know, obviously, you know, you you, you have to give him the respect that he earned at, at being as good as he was for as long as he was. Those were football teams, offense, defense, special teams. I talk about special teams all the time. 
Tasker, come on. Those were from top to bottom in their entirety. Mm-hmm. That's the, the epitome of what you would want a football team mm-hmm. to be, right? So don't forget Andre Reid and Don the, Beebe. The, 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 the defense in particular. Me being, look, and, and no, no I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking more, you know, Bruce Smith, you know, Tally and all of them. Yeah. That's, you yeah. know, I'm, man, man, yeah. I was I at mean, football teams. I would say I got a funny story for you guys. I was at Chef's, which is a very famous Italian restaurant in Buffalo. It's like it's the cream of the crop as far as there's spaghetti parmesan. It's literally a bowl of spaghetti with cheese like over the top of it. You can't even see the spaghetti until you open the cheese up. It's the way just, it should be. It's heaven. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I'm sitting there and I'm with my dad and I'm talking to my dad. And he's facing me, my back's to the entrance, and my dad's face just, like, fell. It just, like, he was just, like, and it was, like, a little kid in a candy store. And it was Bruce Smith and Daryl Tadley walking in there. It was as recent as, like, last year. So that shows you, like, these guys, like, that's what makes the Bills so so special to me is that these guys still in this area, uh, as uh, the Extend Barrios Presidente said, you know, the uh, the community is very small. Western New York is, is not a big community. It's it's a it's it's not a big city. It's not a metropolis like New York City or, or New Jersey. It is a community. You know, we pride ourselves on being Bills fans and rooting for our team and staying tough and and uh, paying it forward. So I appreciate you guys mentioning mm-hmm. that because that that means a lot to me that 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 is recognized and. Uh, it's it's uh, exciting to see the city rally around this team again because this team has given us a lot of reasons to, and uh, it'd be nice to win another AFC title. I, I'm I'm just gonna throw that out there, even though we got to do it against the Jets. Uh, but uh, I, I have a feeling that the Jets. I'm not just saying this to say it. I really believe it. I have a feeling that the Jets in a couple years' time will be talking about a, a much more respectable football franchise. And at the end of the day, that's what every fan should have the chance to root for. And for a long time, I didn't have the chance to say that as a Bills fan, it was a joke being a Bills fan for a long, for the first 17 years of my life. But then things started to change and hopefully, you know, at some point teams have ebbs and flows and hopefully for the Jets fans, they can find their rhythm at some point. I think we're thinking about how um, the AFC East uh, just with the way that the teams are progressing at that time, would end up being one of the strongest divisions in football. And I think, you know, with, with a few additional pieces, I think it does kind of level the playing field a little bit with we can't count the Patriots out. I mean, even as much as I genetically am, am predisposed to hating the Patriots, um, I think that, you know, you, you can't discount the fact that they're still a good team. Yep. So, I mean, you're, you're actually talking about having uh, a Patriots team – that's going to win 10, you know, that's going to have 10 wins, right? You're going to talk about a Miami team that quite possibly could be a 10, 11 win team if, if, if they if they get some things together. And, uh, you know, over the course of these next couple of seasons, I'm expecting, you know, us to, to maybe realistically expect 10 wins a, a season if we continue to move. And having that type of, you know, a dichotomy within this division, I think, Anybody that comes out of the AFC East within the next five, six years, they're going to be one of the better teams in the league. That, that's just how I see it. And look at it this way, too. And, and I actually just said this kind of casually in a conversation. You look at this division, there's a core four of young quarterbacks. I'm not sold on Tua. I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> I feel 
I, I feel like Tua would be ranked at the bottom of that list. And depending on how the Jets continue to build around Zach Wilson, he could very well be right up there with Mac Jones and Josh Allen in the in the crosshairs of that. I'd still rate Josh Allen number one. That's the guy that I would want on my team, just based oh, on yeah. me seeing him every single week since week one. I just that's just my guy. Um, maybe I'm a little biased in saying that. I love Mac Jones too. I feel like he's a great yeah. player, but. Zach Wilson has a lot of ability and talent that is very reminiscent of Allen, of a Mahomes, being able to roll out, being able to extend, the, you know, stretch the field with his arm. And he's got some mobility to him, too. And that's what I think is, is today's NFL, guys that can extend plays, open up passing lanes, and find running lanes as well. And as long as they continue to slowly but surely build around him, uh, I think he's going to be right there. Ryan, what did you think when? All right, CJ. What did you think, real quick? I just wanted to ask. I just wanted to ask a question. Uh, Ryan, what did you think when Buffalo drafted Josh Allen? You know, just a kid from Wyoming. Like, was there concern? Was there? What were your thoughts on that? So um, I'll go back to that, and and CJ can attest to this because that's when CJ and I really first started uh, interacting, right around 2018. Um, and, and CJ had me on the show. Uh, we, we met each other on it on uh, social media, uh, Twitter and, and Facebook. And um, you know, he had me on the show a few times. I had him on my show a few times. And right as that draft really began, I, I knew that Buffalo was going to be taking a quarterback. It was a foregone conclusion. They practically mm-hmm. wrote it in the stars, wrote it on a piece of paper and held it up in front of you know, Orchard Park, New York, saying we're taking a quarterback in this draft. So I'm thinking, okay, I have to really dive deep. If this is the draft that they're going to find the guy, I need to know who that is and why that is who that is. You know, I need to know who it is and why. So I really liked Josh Allen coming into this, coming into that draft. The two guys that I liked were Allen and Darnold. Those are the two guys. I thought Mayfield, too small, uh, too erratic. I didn't like the personality uh, flair that he has. Right. Um, and that proved, that proved so far to be right. Um, Lamar Jackson, while an athletic talent, the likes of which I don't think we've seen uh, at the quarterback position in quite some time, he leaves himself open for injury. He's not the biggest guy in terms of his weight. Um, six foot two, but he looks pretty small in terms of his weight. He's not a thick guy like a Russell Wilson or Andrew Luck. Uh, and in terms of, Josh Rosen, the elephant in the room that he was, uh, that he is, I was not a fan of him just based on the fact that his own college coach said that he would not start him again if he had the opportunity to. So you can go back to Jim Mora talking to Colin Coward, former UCLA coach. He said that he was not a leader, and I knew that Buffalo needed a natural-born leader. And I thought of all the guys that are in this class, the one that fits Buffalo, that's the, what we're talking about. How which player fits Buffalo? I thought Josh Allen would fit in like a glove, and I knew that he was raw, and I knew that coming out of Wyoming, you're not playing the cream of the crop, you know, collegiate programs. But I also knew that the Bills didn't need him to win. He did, yeah, he did. But he's it's not he's not out of USC or UCLA. But but to me, that didn't even matter anymore. That like in today's NFL, that really doesn't matter. I mean. Your own quarterback, Zach Wilson, plays at B. Young, used to play there, you know, back in the day. But mm-hmm. prior to that, who was the last quarterback to be drafted and, and held in high regard in between yeah. Steve Young and Zach Wilson at BYU? There's a huge yeah. gap there. 
yeah, and Wyoming. I can't name another quarterback that was drafted out of Wyoming, let alone in the top 10. So I really liked Allen, and I read a lot about him, and I read that he tried to get into Fresno State, and uh, Derek Carr tried to recommend that Fresno State give him a scholarship, and they didn't, and he was burned by that. He was really you know, ticked off by that. The first opportunity he got, he was going to take it and run with it, and that's why I think one of the many reasons why he did so well at Wyoming. But he comes in, and it was just from day one, he embraced Buffalo. He wanted to be a part of Buffalo. And if you show just a little bit of interest in being a part of Buffalo, Buffalo will show you the love. They will praise you. They'll make you feel like this is where you belong. And uh, it's a match made in heaven, man. It's, it is one of the best picks that the Bills have made in franchise history. It's crazy to say that because a lot of fans at the time, not myself, but a lot of fans at the time really wanted Josh Rosen. And I can say with a huge smile that I'm very thankful that they didn't take Josh Rosen. (laughs) I was one of the ones that was against the Darnold pick for, for the jets. I said, he turned the ball over at USC seven games, 37 turnovers. It just wasn't, wasn't my thing. You guys know very, very loudly. I said that uh, Lamar Jackson was going to end up being the best quarterback uh, taken in that draft. And uh, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of hard to argue right now, but Josh Rosen was, I, I think, uh, my least favorite quarterback draft. I, I know, I know for a fact he was behind Josh Allen. I wasn't sure if, if Josh was going to be it. I, you know, the, the, the inaccuracy kind of thing was was scaring me. Um, but I mean, I, I still had him ahead of Rosen. <laughs> and <laughs> so I and I, I tell you what, I offer you, I offer you this too. Like it's all situational too. Like. I don't know if Josh Allen would be Josh Allen if he was if he didn't get picked by Buffalo. Yeah, I don't. I, I, don't, I, I, don't know I know Lamar. I know Lamar wouldn't be Lamar if, if we would have drafted him. I know that. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. <laughs> He'd probably be dead. <laughs> right. He'd, he'd be hurt. He'd be hurt a lot. Yeah, that's for sure. It's a great point. Yeah, and I mean, Darnold. You know, CJ and I have talked about it a bunch of times. Like maybe Sam Darnold isn't really that great. You know, maybe he now that he's played on two different teams and he's had very mixed results. Maybe he isn't that great. Um, yep. The Jets were right to, to move on from him in that regard to just say, you know what, let's just start over. Yep. Oh, yeah. I remember a certain a, a, a certain person who's on the show saying Sam, the, Sam Jet, the, the Jets didn't deserve Sam Darnold because of how badly they were playing. <laughs> and now that we've got to see him in a different offensive system and a different with a different coaching staff and so on, we all know that the kid was trash. And look, Ryan, you know this. I defended the kid from pillar to post <laughs> saying that, you know, the Jets were doing him wrong and so on and so forth and this, that, and the third. But you want to know something? I also came full circle his last, the last year that he was here with Adam Gase. And I said eventually that regardless of who right. your coach is, who's in your helmet, okay, calling plays or whatever – you got to figure it out. And if you can't figure it out, then guess what? It's not just the coaches. You too. Because the same exact yeah. problems that he had in a New York Jets uniform, he's having in a Carolina Panthers uniform. So you know what, sports fans? You could beat on the you could rag on the Jets all you want that we're quarterback killers and so on and so forth, but sometimes the player just outright sucks. And that's what happened to Sammy D. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. 
I was wrong. Well, I admitted I was the wrong. Problems he's having in Carolina, he had in college and high school. Yeah, I mean, when you have the opportunity to go from one quarterback that hasn't done anything for you that you drafted in the top five, and you have another opportunity to take another quarterback in the top five, it's kind of hard to not do that. Yeah, you know, it's, exactly. it's it doesn't doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. The optics are like, hey, they just took one in the top five. Now they got to take another one in the top five. But hey. If you have the opportunity to do so, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Correct me if I'm wrong on this. Did, didn't they not take Zach Wilson while still having Sam Darnold? No, 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 they didn't. Could they traded, they traded Sam Darnold first. Traded no, Sam okay, Darnold first, got yeah, the picks, had, and then they, they got Zach Wilson. Him. Oh, traded him before. Yeah, they traded him before. They... I wasn't sure on that, but even so, okay, so even so, they trade Sam Darnold, then they sh- that's really showing their hand. That they're going after a quarterback. They're not going to start yeah. Joe Flacco for Christ's sake. That's a, at, that's at, not going to. At that point, I mean, at that point, I think it was a foregone conclusion. We got to get ready to wrap it good. up. So Ryan, ask your uh, um, ask your last question, and then we're gonna we're gonna get your social media information as we uh, start to wrap it up. My last question. It was actually a quick one. Rate Robert Sala's debut season as New York Jets head coach one out of ten. I want you guys to do that for me before we Ooh. part ways. I like this. Six. Okay. Jenny? Six, okay. I respect it. I'm going to say seven because of the steady progression against here. Okay. I like it. So, you know what? I'm, 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 at, a six. I'm, I'm at a six because of the abysmal pro that we defense. I'm actually going to give Robert Sala an eight. And the reason why I'm going to give him okay, an eight so- is because I feel like okay. that now, during the course of the season, we had to weather the storm in order to get to where we are now. By far, I don't want anybody to think that we've we've cleared the storm and we've got clear sailing ahead of us because there's still a lot of work to do on this football team. But the one thing that I could honestly say with Robert Sala that I like is the fact that he holds his guys himself accountable. He's not afraid to go out there and take the slings and arrows. And you know what? He's incredibly classy in his delivery. He's incredibly classy in the way that he handled specific situations. And most of all, he kind of does exactly what Joe Douglas says. You know, he, he, he does what Joe Douglas does. He tells you something, yet he tells you nothing. So, which is, which is good. He's, he's very good at coach speak. He's a likable guy. And you could also see on the sidelines the, the like... The energy, the passion that he gives. You see the animation, especially after the Jets get a good play and he's on the sideline and he's high-fiving guys and you see him stepping out on the field and, you know, like when there's bad calls and stuff like that, you see him absolutely go nuts on the sideline. All right, so like that that get-back coach that they hired, okay, he's definitely earning his paycheck, I'll tell you that much. All right, so for me, the reason why I feel like that that it's an eight is because I think that he got his baptism by fire this year. He's punching above his weight class with certain teams, as Jimmy alluded to. And he also learned to overcome a lot of the defensive shortcomings due to the lack of talent and questionable coaching like Kevin brought up. So where I kind of look at the glasses, uh, the glasses half full, there's still a lot more work that has to get done. But I think we're a better football team today than we were yesterday. And as long as tomorrow we're a better football team than we are today, and Sunday we're a better football team than we were Saturday, I'll take that. Because 
that's how winning is built. That's how a winning culture is built. That's how a winning attitude is built. That's how people within that organization begin to believe in the process and begin to believe in the product that's on the field. I mean, look, the Jets spent two games with practice guys and taxi squad guys. All right? Don't give me J- team. Jacksonville, or Jacksonville and Daryl Bevel had just as much to play for as the Jets did. Daryl Bevel is auditioning for that job. And I promised everybody I was going to talk about the Jacksonville game. And I'm sorry, our show's going to run a little bit longer than usual tonight. So apologies beforehand to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network and anybody who's coming on after us. All right? Daryl Bevel's auditioning for that Jacksonville job. Don't get it twisted. The Jets beat a Jacksonville team that had absolutely everything to play for and nothing to lose. And the Jets came out on top, despite the fact they almost lost that game. And the Jets went toe-to-toe with the world champs using practice squad players and backups. And we almost beat them. There, there are positive takeaways to be taken or to be taken from these games. There's even positive takeaways to take away from the Miami game where we only played 30 minutes of football because at halftime they didn't know what the hell they were supposed to do. They didn't make the defensive adjustments they were supposed to make. They didn't make the offensive adjustments that they needed to make in order to be competitive in the second half. You can't keep pissing on this football team anymore. They're not going to take it anymore. And that's what the Jets have shown the past three games. And we still need to show it one more time against the Buffalo Bills. All right, with that, we're going to wrap up Weapon Todd here. Ryan, thank you so much for taking time out to joining us tonight. Please give out all your social media information so fans of Weapon Todd can follow you and interact with you and, you know, obviously talk trash and all that good stuff. (laughs) Sounds great. Um, Thank you for having me on again, boys. I really appreciate it. Uh, You guys can find me on Twitter at Ryan Thomas Take, tweeting all things NFL, not just Buffalo Bills. Covering the league. Awesome stuff. I appreciate you guys following me uh, as well. Combat sports, UFC, uh, MMA, anything uh, boxing-oriented. we got some big uh, UFC fights coming up. The heavyweight title fight is in two weeks. Francis Ngannou, Cyril Gane. Uh, it's going to be an awesome fight. And uh, I want you guys to uh, follow me on there, at Ryan Thomas Take. My Instagram is very active on Instagram as well. My podcast is the Thomas Take Sports Podcast. It's available on any and all podcasting platforms, uh, audio or visual, YouTube, Facebook, as well, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Appreciate the support. Just got you followed. Yes. Thank you, buddy. Last and certainly not least, guys, I leave you with this. <laughs> nice shots fired as he head out the we, door. We appreciate you once again, brother. Thank you very much, Ryan. Thanks for coming on tonight. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here. stay no. safe out there. All right. Yup, you as well. All right, you can follow the show on Twitter at CNC Jets Factor. You can follow me at Jets Fan 0523. My partners in crime on the other side of the glass, Mr. Spotty Black, uh, Mr. Kevin Jackson at Spotty Blackman, Jimmy the Reaper Jardine at Jets by Jimmy. Three ways you can consume weapons hot. Number one. On the Worldwide Sports Radio Network every Friday night at 7 p.m. right here. Number two, Weapons Hot After Dark on YouTube.com. We do two shows a month. Okay, where it's the un- unfiltered, uncensored version of this show. Okay? No disrespect to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, but we respect their boundaries where we don't curse and so on and so forth. There. Number three, 
I do a solo show called Weapons Hot Mission Briefs on Jets World. Be sure to check to check me out there. Give the show's likes, follows. We got a Facebook page. Give us a like. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. All that good stuff. Message us a message right back. We love going back and forth with fans about this team. Regardless of your point of view, we will talk to you. All right? So, with that, for Jimmy the Reaper, Jardine, Mr. Kevin Jackson, otherwise known as Spotty Blackman. Ladies, make sure you write that down in your little black books. My name is CJ the Painkiller D. Simone, and we are signing off tonight. We will see you guys. When we see you guys, peace, love, go Jets. And I'm going to leave last chance still, in my opinion, National Football League. This has been Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.